If you're over 40, I want to offer you a personal recommendation. Add nitric oxide support to your daily health regimen. You've heard me talk about nitric oxide before. It has a critical impact on the health of your circulatory system, which is critical cardiovascular, cognitive, and even sexual health. We're all born with the ability to make adequate levels of nitric oxide, but as we age, our production goes down and the efficiency of our body's critical systems are affected. To address my own levels and the levels of my patients, I use Berkeley Life's Nitric Oxide Support Supplement. Berkeley Life's Easy 2 Capsule Daily Regimen offers a consistent dose of dietary nitrates, the key ingredient that our bodies need to regain healthy levels of nitric oxide. If you're over 40 or treating blood pressure or erectile dysfunction, I suggest you add Berkeley Life to your routine. You can access Berkeley Life by going to berkeleylife.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman for a special on Berkeley Life's nitric oxide support products and enjoy the boost in nitric oxide that I and my patients all enjoy. Again, that's berkeleylife.com slash Hoffman and use code Hoffman for special access to Berkeley Life. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're talking about mold and mold-related illness. The book, I highly recommend it, is Break the Mold, Five Tools to Conquer Mold and Take Back Your Health. And uh, I know we have a lot of uh, just uh, wonky intelligent medicine, uh, you know, lay people out there, people in search of answers for themselves and their loved ones. And we also have a lot of uh, health professionals who are listening, and I think I can't think of a better uh, introduction to this field for uh, both uh, lay people and health professionals than this book, Break the Mold, Five Tools to Conquer Mold and Take Back Your Health. The author, Dr. Jill Krista, today's guest. Uh, Dr. Jill, do you have a website? Yes, it's uh, drcrista dot com, drkrista.com. Okay, it's spelled phonetically. So yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, testing. You know, say you go to an integrative physician. Uh, there is no single blood test that is, you know, conclusive that proves that you have mold exposure. So it's going to be a little bit of um, discerning patterns and using the resources that we have at our disposal. What are some of the tests that might be appropriate? Yeah, yeah, it really is a collection of data points to try to figure out, you know, put the put the picture together. Um, and that really will depend on where and how the patient is affected. So if it's more neurological, I may start with uh, Dr. Shoemaker's online VCS test. It's visual contrast sensitivity test. That gives me an idea of how deeply affected the nervous system is because it's starting to it's affect the visual processing center of the brain and the optic nerve. So that's a great place to start if, if there are a lot of neurological symptoms. It gives you an idea. For some people, just that is enough. Um, and, and there, <laughs> they, and that, that test, by the way, is available online from Dr. Shoemaker's yeah. website. We've interviewed Dr. Yep. Shoemaker a couple of times here on this program. Uh, yeah. And I think uh, he charges a nominal fee for, uh, you know, obtaining the test. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's like, you know, 15 bucks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's very and, affordable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you can, you know, that, look, the test is not definitive, but it will, uh, put you in the ballpark of a potential diagnosis. Uh, exactly. and there are blood tests, there are urine tests, uh, you know, describe some of those. Sure. And the VCS, that can be positive from a Lyme diagnosis. It doesn't say just mold, but it tells you the degree of neurological 
impairment. That, that you're messed um, up, basically. That you're messed that you're, up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That your nervous system and brain are really messed up. Um, and so I, I like to use urine mycotoxin testing because I found in practice that as the levels of mycotoxins go up, people's symptoms go up. As the levels go down, symptoms go down. So it's that correlative, clinically correlative. So it's a report um, Tracking, yeah. Like, how are we doing? Okay. Yes, exactly. Now, the trick with that one is that um, there are different ways to do the test, so different methods between ELISA and mass spect. I have found that the mass spect method has less, um, less of the complications. ELISA has some um, cross-reactivity, um, but you know, it's going to be different for every patient because if the patient has some level of kidney disease, which kidneys get particularly hit with mold toxins, especially ochre toxin, then I'm going to go for the ELISA method um, because then there, I'm seeing um, not so much of the problem with the proteins mm -hmm. dumping. So, it sounds you know, like that's where the, the experience and the refinement come into play is that you're a very exactly. discerning connoisseur of uh, tests. You know, there's yeah. no, no simple cookbook, uh, you know, way that, you know, you can take a, you know, uh, a one day seminar and you become an expert in, in, in mold treatment. It really is an art. Um, right. I wish, I wish there were. So yeah, I get asked, you know, which test do you do? And I say, it's not, that's not the question. It's, when do I do it? You know, do I test? Because if we already know there's mold. Let's save the money on the body test and do mm -hmm. the building remediation. And then when do I test and how? You know, so the method is you match the method to the to the patient. But urine mycotoxins for me have been incredibly helpful. Their one um, distraction or possible complication is that insurance companies like to say, oh, no, 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 no. Those mycotoxins that we're finding in the urine are because the person ate it. And that yeah. may be a, a true factor. You know, there are more and more studies mostly coming out of out of Europe looking at how much uh, food contamination is there and how much are we seeing in general population. So what I do is I have my patients go on a low mold and mycotoxin diet for three days before they take the sample mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to try to reduce that possible complication or weakness of the test limitation. Um, so there are just little things like that, you know, to take them off binders because we don't want to, we don't, you know, we want to see what's there, those kind of things that are the, the art. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I like to look at is if they have insurance coverage is a natural killer cell function mm -hmm. test. I learned this from Dr. Joseph Brewer, who's an infectious disease doctor. Um, it is quite expensive, so you want to make sure that you're dealing with somebody with insurance coverage. But just like the VCS tells us whether there or the degree of neurological impairment, the NK cell function, which is different than a total, tells us the degree of immune deficiency. And that is so important for the body's ability to reestablish that microbial balance. For me, it's one of my... Um, it's one of my most common go-tos, you know, of course, of course I would do a CBC and I might do a, mm -hmm. uh, an IGAM just to see if we have, you know, liver generalized liver function. Yeah. Do we have generalized immune deficiency, any subclass deficiencies, mm -hmm. um, T or B cell deficiencies, you know, some of those things, but an NK cell function, there are very few things that are going to lower that function. So for, and for advanced practitioners, you actually teach courses on this, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, th because it is, it's a fine art and I'm always making updates to that course. So, uh, when I find new information, I'll, I'll throw out a video and put it on the course because, you know, even, even just recently there was a landmark study that just changed some of the, some of the ways that we might do some testing. We're, we're hoping to see, you know, blood antibody testing that tells us, um, 
easier, cheaper ways to do it, like a finger prick test, that kind of thing. So we'll see. But there is blood antibody testing for mycotoxins. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found that to be very useful for people who have a lot of excretion issues that they can't actually excrete it into the urine and show you that they have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like that person we were talking about stays out of the detergent aisle. That person then I might use the blood or the serum antibody test. Um, the difficulty with that is it doesn't, because the IgG can stay high for up to six months, it doesn't tell me if my treatment is working. Mm-hmm. But it is good for indicating if we're dealing with a mold problem. It's so yeah, there's of, all kinds of... <laughs> there's all kinds of nuances to this, and it, yes. it's, it's complicated. That's why, you know, it's it's a challenging, it's a challenging and emerging field. And, you mm-hmm. know, you seem to be on the cusp of some of the innovation here. Okay, so I learned a word from reading your book. Um, you know, these days it's uh, not that common. I come across a word that I don't know. I consider myself someone of pretty good vocabulary. But yeah, there's a, that's there's surprising. A word, there's a word emunctory yes. in your book. <laughs> what in the heck is that and how does it relate to mold? Yes, this is true naturopathic medicine now. So emunctories is the term for the things that help us excrete waste from the body. So it's all the stuff that we don't like to talk about, all the embarrassing stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. sweat, um, it's bad breath, it's um, urination, defecation, menstruation, and ejaculation. So it's all anything that's, any fluid that's leaving our body or gas that's leaving our body, um, even flatulence, this is part of our emunctories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we want to facilitate (laughs) that in dealing with um, mold toxicity. How might we do that. Absolutely, because you want all of your routes of excretion to be open and working in order to get better from any toxic illness. And it's astounding to me how many people come to me that can't sweat. That And that's a classic MS thing, mm. you know, get disordered by heat. Well, guess what? There are a lot of cases of atypical MS that are due to a mold exposure. Mm. Um, a lot of people get constipated. That's the big candida overgrowth thing. Uh, but it's also, if you're constipated, you're reabsorbing those toxins after mm-hmm. the body has packaged them up in the liver and, and in bile and then sent them into the gut to be pooped out. Well, if you're constipated, that binding is quite weak and it can dislodge and dissociate and come back in and up to the liver. So the liver has to reprocess that toxin multiple times, which is really hard on your organs of detoxification. Mm. Or you, it might have to find a different way if you're constipated now you have a chance that you're damaging your kidneys because as it gets recirculated, the liver may say, I don't have time to deal with this. I've already seen you go back to the bloodstream and have the kidneys handle it. So it's really, um, those so it's like routes, a vicious cycle. It's the toxins it's just recirculate and recirculate and recirculate. Don't leave the body. Yep. And then with breath, um, your body's natural wise response is to underbreathe. If you're breathing poisonous air, it will just start to compress your ability to breathe and so that's a classic asthma picture that you know you can't you basically can't take in good air and you get that contraction of the airways well that's your body being really smart Mm -hmm. and trying to reduce the amount of toxin load that comes in but it's amazing how much that also impairs your ability to exhale the good stuff Mm -hmm. or or the bad bad stuff stuff, so um yeah so all of those routes of of all the emunctories so so i'm going to assess so okay so you know, make sure you have proper fiber, if necessary, probiotics, uh, you know, herbal things that help you normalize your bowel movements. Uh, 
drink a lot. You, you recommend that you drink a lot, that you sweat, that you there do what are called depuration, if I'm using the word correctly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, therapies, you know, like, uh, infrared sauna and, and, and exercise just to get, uh, you know, mobilize that route of detoxification if, if you're physically capable of it. Um, these are all, uh, important. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that the hard thing is, is that when you're trying to hydrate and you have a mold toxicity, mold impairs your body's ability to hold water. So you're trying, a lot of people say, I do drink, Dr. Jill, I do drink mm-hmm. so much water, but I pee it out right away. Mm-hmm. And that's a really common finding. So staying hydrated is quite difficult. And some people have to go beyond my recommendation of just drinking spring water, because spring water has these solutes that are going to hold it. I say it takes the long track through the body instead of, you know, the minute you take a drink of water, you have to go to the bathroom. And that is a real thing. People say, mm-hmm. oh, that can't happen. No, it does. You know, these people mm-hmm. have to pee immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they might have to add salt to their water to add more solute. And they do feel better once we can do that to mm-hmm. get them a little more soluted. And then there are some, you know, supplements and things like that that can help to restore the ADH because that is, I know you had Dr. Shoemaker on to talk about this. That is one of the hormones in the pituitary that not only reduces being made from mold exposure, but the kidneys get deaf to it. So now the kidneys don't respond by holding water the way they're supposed to. So it becomes ADH resistant. What are, what are some of your favorite supplements? I mean, you kind of rank them, uh, in terms of each of these five steps, you know, some of the fundamental things, some of the protective things, some of the reparative things, and actually some of the supplements that literally are natural antifungals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we can, you know, mix them up here or we can categorize them. Uh, you're a big fan of glutathione, for example, milk thistle for detox. Uh, you recommend botanicals, uh, as opposed to, uh, antifungal medications as perhaps a, a gentler, more natural way of suppressing overgrowth of fungus in the body. Um, what are, what are some of those? Yeah. And, and before supplements, we do food, 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 food. You know, I'm a real stickler for making sure someone's getting five to seven servings of vegetables a day and enough protein and good fat because all the rest, that builds the foundation and all the rest is just icing on the cake. (laughs) So um, as far as supplements, just thinking about the toxins as a fat soluble, good fats as a supplement are critical. People become, they're their fat stores become overburdened with these toxins and you can drink all the water in the world and it actually gets in and you're hydrated, but that's not going to move fat soluble toxin, only Mm -hmm. diluting out those fats with other good fats. So DHA is one that's been shown Mm -hmm. in a lot of studies to make a difference. Um, So a general DHA rich cod liver oil or fish oil or something like that has been really beneficial, has helped really rescue brain fog, um, and in some cases, some cases of mental illness aggravation after a mold exposure, because we got the brain, the food that it wants. Um, I also love the bioflavonoids, quercetin and resveratrol. Both have been shown to be effective against mold toxins. And quercetin has this really cool added thing that it can protect you from mold toxin ex- um, uh, absorption into the cells. Hmm. So you can pre-dose it. If you know you have to go meet your insurance person to walk, you know, go through your flood or your post hurricane house or something like that, 
Quercetin and milk thistle have been shown both if you pre-dose, it can protect the, the invasion of those toxins into your body and into the liver and milk, milk thistle's case. So, of course, all the remediators in my world get lectured by me all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you taking your DHA, your quercetin, your milk thistle? You know, because <laughs> I know they're going into these environments every day. The masks that they wear don't, um, they, they're not efficient against mycotoxins. They're good for spores and spore fragments, but they let mycotoxins right. through. So these guys are dealing with mycotoxins all the time. Because they're invisible um, gases that are just... Exactly. Yeah. They're a toxin. They're not a living thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those are my little, um, you know, early nutrient kind of things. And then, like you've said, the milk thistle and turmeric, those are both real winners when it comes to recovering from mold because they have multiple mechanisms of action. I like glutathione, but I'm careful with glutathione because a lot of people react poorly to it. Mm. But milk thistle boosts your own innate glutathione. So we can start, I will often start someone with milk thistle and see how they handle it. And then if they need more of a boost, then we add the glutathione. Whereas turmeric, that's going to be something that is um, anti-neuroinflammatory, so it's going to help the brain. It's good for the gut, it's good for the joints, good for inflammation, and it helps to detox and is great for the kidneys. And again, I think that nobody's really talking about the kidneys in this story, and they get hit particularly hard. And you like uh, alpha lipoic acid and coenzyme Q10 because uh, there's a mitochondrial connection here. Yes, yep. And then melatonin. Melatonin, because again, melatonin is one of our best fat-soluble antioxidants. So I like liposomal melatonin, and um, I'll use that as a at a pretty high dose like we use in in oncology uh, to try to help restore the antioxidant status in the brain and the, um, the it helps with gut motility it helps with all kinds of different things that, that it, we it doesn't get press for those kind of things right. but if brain fog is a real deal for a lot of people with mold and so melatonin helps with restoring the antioxidant the ox redox state in the brain and for fighting uh, the yeast, the natural agents that you prefer include um, things like colloidal silver, t- uh, thyme oil, uh, a re- oil of oregano, although you consider that sort of like, uh, you know, the uh, like a nuclear weapon, you know, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> yeah. weapons grade because it's, it's very strong. Right. And, maybe, yeah, and, and very you have to be careful with these, these patients are usually hypersensitive. So, you know, I agree with you that, uh, you know, these patients are a little bit like... Um, you know, uh, ticking time bombs. You don't want to set them off with something that's too aggressive. Yeah, and I've I've done that. So you know, you get a few years of practice where you really mess things up, and then you think, well, okay, I'm going to do that different next time. So yeah, for the the fight part, the antifungals, I have um, through experience when I used to do just the whole body stuff or systemic, as we call it in medicine but not address the intranasal environment, people didn't get better as quickly as they do by using both at the same time. And you mentioned the biofilms in the nasal passages uh, respond to uh, uh, xylitol, nasal sprays. Yeah, Yeah. simple. You know, you don't have to have a prescription EDTA or Mm -hmm. ozone, although they're very effective. um, Sometimes if you add that biofilm buster too soon, you can actually uncover critters that the body isn't quite ready to handle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, I'm careful with stirring up the, the wasp stage. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, the most gentle is holy basil. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's just lovely. It's antifungal. It's good for the adrenals. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it has an affinity for the lungs, and it helps clear the mind. They say it lightens the mind. So it's a really nice one to start with when people are ready for that phase. You know, some people I have in the, the go through the first four steps in two weeks, and they're ready. And so then we start with something like a holy basil and just try to get them organized with what are we going to do about our house, you know, how am I going to find another mm-hmm. job or whatever the yeah. other aspects are to this because it's much bigger than than just your body. Well, yeah, let's talk about, you know, this is one of the areas in medicine where we don't just treat the patient or the patient's body, we treat their environment. So mm-hmm. how do we uh, get a proper diagnosis of uh, mold? Uh, mold sometimes is obvious, you know, you see, uh, you know, black stuff growing on your ceiling. Uh, you know, after uh, an obvious leak uh, or after, uh, you know, a hurricane or something like that, uh, that's, um, you know, an instance where it's very, very clear. But, you know, what do you do? Do you hire like kind of a, a Ghostbusters uh, detection uh, outfit to come to your house to assess it? I highly recommend that people do. It's if you know it's a mold problem, you know it's a mold problem. So you don't need to, you know, if it is that big, obvious visual problem. Now that that doesn't mean that's the only problem in your house. So that's the other thing. Um, it's nice to have the experts, and I am pretty clear that I am a body expert and not a building expert mm-hmm. because, again, I thought I was and could help people, and I got in the way. You know, I gave there were some situations where I was recommending Ermi and. Emma, which is a combination of ERMI with mycotoxin dust testing and, you know, trying to manage that for people, well-meaning, mm-hmm. very well-meaning, yeah. but um, in ended In other words, up, you can't just hand people mold plates and, you know, no. put them out in your house and it, it, the testing needs to be a little more sophisticated. You need to measure VOCs, volatile organic, uh, uh, you know, compounds, some that requires sophisticated detection methods sometimes and you know people who are savvy and their you know their visual inspection goes way beyond what a layperson can do mm-hmm. well in your own visual expe- inspection you know it's um there's a really great course out there by done by brian carr it's called mold Masterclass, and it's mm-hmm. all about buildings it's about oh. inspection and remediation especially for the more sensitive person so i think that that's the other thing is you have to kind of look at you know who are you dealing with? Are you dealing with that robust person that they got out of their, they, you know, went to a hotel for a week and they felt great and they mm-hmm. came home and they were sick and they went away again and felt great. So these would be the people that you can probably, um, they probably don't need the full uh, assessment and, you know, the handholding like someone who's been impaired to the point where they have dementia or MS mm-hmm. or chronic fatigue syndrome or irritable bowel syndrome or um, ulcerative colitis. We see a lot of ulceration of the gut and that kind of thing. So if that's, if we're dealing at that level, I'm, I want them to call in the experts. You know, these are people that spend their life's work learning how to find the, the individual nature of a built space, just like we do for a body. And we know every individual is different. Every built space and building has its own differences too. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at things that are beyond just a a mold plate and air sampling and ERMI. They're looking at partial pressures, stack effect, (laughs) you know, humidity levels. I mean, they're looking at all of that because that's what they're trained in. And I don't want to scare people. You know, if you absolutely can't afford it, you could start with what that's why I put the mycotoxin dust testing in my book because 
that alone, if you are already sick from mold, and let's say they've taken the questionnaire and it says, yeah, it's probable mold, you could start with a mycotoxin dust test through real-time labs. And if you're finding mycotoxins in your dust, now you know you have a problem living in that space. What problem it doesn't answer is, is that a What's past the problem? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that a past problem that's been cleaned up? And we're mm -hmm. just now, you know, there's still particulate carrying around mycotoxins, so forensic type evidence, or is there a current water issue that needs to be managed? Mm -hmm. But I loved your interview with uh, Stephen Levy of Finding the Mold, because he yep. kept reiterating, you know, that the moisture source is the really the problem, the mold is the symptom. So how, figuring out why is that growing in that space? And it could just be humidity right. and clutter. People you know? use a lot of, you know, they think it's good to humidify you know, in the wintertime, you know, the radiator's on. They say it's, you know, it's the equivalent of uh, being in the Sahara Desert in terms of, uh, you know, the humidity. Uh, so they, they use humidifiers. That may not be the greatest idea. Uh, the other right. thing is people are skimping. You know, uh, I, I have a beach house, and it's very moldy there. And what I do is, I mean, I leave the beach house, but I make sure that I, I close the, you know, I can just open the windows and cool it down that way. But I actually close it, uh, and I use the air conditioner, uh, mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm. in effect, act as a dehumidifier. Now, you have to be careful about your air conditioner because the ducts can be a source of trouble. So sure. you have to, you know, there are a lot of ways that can go wrong, but you generally are looking to uh, have a low humid uh, humidity environment, uh, and sometimes that um, is a little counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. And it's tricky because too low of humidity can actually make you more susceptible to getting infection on those tissues. Mm -hmm. They're supposed yeah. to be a little bit snotty and goopy. Yep. You know, that's yep. what they're there. Otherwise, you so, become desiccated and your, your, right? yeah, your <laughs> mucous membranes are, uh, you know, uh, the natural mechanisms by which they repel uh, invaders are, are, are impaired. You know, simply yeah. by the dryness. Yeah. Okay. But um, I think looking at every room in your built space as an individual as well is great. You know, you can go to the pet store and get those little humidistats or the hardware store and put them in every room. And then you can adjust what you need to be happening in that room for that room. So sometimes people will just put a humidistat on their furnace. Well, that doesn't tell you anything about the room in your basement in the back behind that or at the end of that hallway. Put a humidistat in there and then you can really monitor that and find out if you need to run a dehumidifier just in that room so that because it's taking the brunt of, you know, the way the airflow moves. And then maybe where you're sleeping, if it's winter time, and I live in a four-season area, it gets pretty dry in January and February. So a room-based humidifier just to manage that room, that's not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. So there are little things that you can do, but it, you, people do need to stop thinking of their home as like a single unit. Yeah. <laughs> It's not concept. the way that it works. Well, okay. Well, it, it's it's obviously you know it's very nuanced, uh, and uh, it truly is an art uh, dealing with these types of problems. A, you know, just the beginning is simply to identify whether your problem is associated with uh, mold exposure and mycotoxins. Uh, that uh, can you know your jumping off point might be one of Dr. Jill Christa's questionnaires. The questionnaires in the book also available online at uh, and what's your website? drkrista.com, D-R-C-R-I-S-T-A.com. Great. Uh, and I also want to ask you, uh, for, you know, during COVID-19, it's kind of hard for people to travel. Uh, do you do online consultations or can health professionals refer their patients to you for, you know, that dimension of care and still, uh, you know, you'll, they'll undertake 
their care locally, but you may uh, provide them with some insights into what to do on the mold front? Um, a couple of years ago, I decided that my mission would be to train more mold literate doctors on the planet. So okay. I have stopped taking new patients for direct patient care, and I'm doing um, training practitioners. And I do consultation with practitioners so that the teach you how to fish concept. Got it. So um, yeah. That so really, but that, I do. That certainly do amplifies your uh, your outreach because yes. Yeah. yeah, that was the frustration that. Even before you write a book, you become known as the mold lady, you know, in the, in the forums and whatever. And um, it, it just got to the point where I couldn't see more people, but there were so many more people who needed to be mm-hmm. seen. So I just shifted my, I shifted my practice to be um, no more new patients for direct patient care and then try to really mm-hmm. up the ante on the, on the practitioners. But I do have a membership for the public that um, we're just about to launch a new forum that's sort of like a Facebook forum where people can interact a little easier. Mm, and um, we'll, we'll do, I do um, live Q&As two times a month where people can just pick my brain on everything. It, that way it's not really an appointment, but um, I can help a person with their particular question and lots of people can learn at the same time. So again, my mission is really to expand the, the reach and um, help a lot more people. So people well, can check yeah. that out on my website too. Great. Well, you know, I, I must commend you. The book is is fantastic. It's a great uh, uh, introduction to the subject of uh, mold with a lot of details on uh, directions to pursue. And Thank uh, you. so I recommend it highly. Break the mold: five tools to conquer mold and take back your health with Dr. Jill Krista. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure. My pleasure. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.